1973 movie version of the Broadway musical Godspell begins with a disembodied man's voice singing, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. His words are somehow heard by a chosen few across Manhattan. And those people from all walks of life drop what they're doing and head towards the Bethesda Fountain, that big one in Central Park with the huge statue of the angel in the middle. A waitress rushes out of a diner. A ballet dancer tippy-toes across Fifth Avenue past traffic. A young guy with a frizzy afro smiles and struts through a crowded intersection. Two men with bushy mustaches jump out of a cab and also make their way towards that voice. A young art student strolls down a park path and casually tosses away her portfolio of drawings. As they go, many divest themselves of their shoes, hats, wigs, and leather vests. Now, if you can get past some of the hilarious 1970s outfits they're all wearing, and if you've ever heard today's readings from Isaiah and Mark in church, you will realize that the disembodied voice belongs to John the Baptist, and he's singing some ancient words. Sure enough, all of these people end up at Bethesda Fountain, summoned by that voice and led there by some inner longing, where they join the singer at the fountain, who is clad in a Sergeant Pepper-like overcoat with tails, and they splash around and baptize one another in the waters. Not sure I'd want to do that with all the gunk in that fountain, but okay. <laughs> Eventually, the song winds down and everyone runs off laughing and euphoric, one woman pertly dropping her purse into a metal mesh wastebasket, punctuating the fact that all the characters have cast off their old life and put on a new attitude, no longer tied to material possessions or notions of success. Whatever longing in their soul caused them to follow that song through the streets of Manhattan, to cleanse themselves in the fountain, they are, in a word, transformed. How are you preparing the way of the Lord in this Advent season? What longs for transformation in your soul? What makes you think this song of John the Baptist was not meant for you. As much as I like how Godspell elaborates on the New Testament by placing it in a 20th century hippie-like setting, my vision of the original John the Baptist and his followers was never that festive. <laughs> With him, I see dust, scorching heat, prickly brambles, and anxious people. I hear no music. The setting is nowhere. The feeling, lonely. The mood, desperate. And John himself wears not a coat of many colors, but a coarse camel's hair tunic. He is still a long-haired hippie, <laughs> but he's shouting, not singing. He's still baptizing, but it's serious business, sin, and repentance. The joy in that moment is more internal not proclaimed. 
And when those baptized wander off, I picture them staggering and dazed, not dancing and joyfully determined. Are you preparing the way of the Lord this Advent season? If this song of John the Baptist were to drift over Silicon Valley, which of your hearts would be pierced? Who of us would leave what they were doing and follow it? Would you? Would I? Over the years, especially living in San Francisco and Long Beach, I have sometimes been yelled at by a homeless man or woman. And every once in a while, as it's happening, and this really does happen, I have looked at their disheveled clothing and crazy hair and had the incongruous thought, what if this is John the Baptist? The last time this occurred to me was on a rainy night at St. Luke's in Long Beach as I was leaving my office and going to lock up the parking lot. A grizzled man, surrounded by his shopping cart and bags, had camped out under an overhang. I'm so sorry, but you can't stay here. You have to leave. I'm locking up, I said. This was necessary protocol, but I felt bad as he slowly got up and, grumbling, gathered his things. So I tried to ease the situation by asking the man if he was doing all right that night. All right? No. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm wet. I'm angry. Why can't I stay here? It's wet out there. Who owns this place? He said a few more things I couldn't quite understand, in part because he only had a few teeth. Once he had all his stuff together, the man stomped off, shouting about how this was no church, and inviting me on a one-way trip to H-E double hockey sticks. (laughs) Not every homeless person yells at me, certainly not here in Los Gatos. Though by now I'm mostly used to it, there's always still been a sting at the tail end of these encounters that lingers. What if that guy in the parking lot was John the Baptist, a grungy emissary sent by God to remind me how I've come up short as a Christian by not showing compassion yet again? What if we as a church are actually Pharisees sometimes, however well-intentioned, and don't realize it? By adhering to rules and to traditions, do we inadvertently shut out transformation that can only be found in a wilderness experience? What aren't we doing that God would have us do? I guess I just worry sometimes that our church, one holy Catholic and apostolic, would not endure the withering gaze of a John the Baptist who did not suffer fools gladly, who saw right through hypocrisy and pride. I picture this grizzled homeless man from that church parking lot walking into our ostentatious cathedrals or our Episcopal conventions with their thousands of attendees and hundreds of exhibit hall booths and multi-screens behind altars. I picture that man walking into our spaces and shouting, What have you done? How does this Prepare the way of the Lord. I mean, how did we go from that lonely man in the wilderness prepping for Christ 2,000 years ago, 
preaching repentance in a desolate place in the very first verses of Mark, our earliest gospel. How did we get from there to the extravagances and self-importance of our religious faith today? Why is it so impossible to do like those hippies at Bethesda Fountain and at the Jordan River and toss away our vestments and our trappings, our purses and our pleasures and heed the song that calls us to transformation? I guess Christianity got a little complicated along the way. Much like that cast from God spell, I have been meandering my way to the fountain that is my main point in this sermon. Advent season is a time when we are especially charged with preparing ourselves for the coming of the Christ into this world. And John the Baptist figures big in this season for two reasons. First, he's the guy who heralded the coming of Jesus' ministry and salvation, paving the path and shouting a warning. Second, His baptizing was a ritualized way to prepare his followers for the arrival of Jesus. Those who were willing to forsake their sins, who longed to cleanse themselves and be made new, were washed and renewed in God's name. However you are able to prepare yourself, do so. Now is the time. Strut your way to the fountain, expecting joy. Shuffle your way to the river, anxiously praying for redemption. Ponder your complicity in the myriad ways you benefit from this society while others can't quite do so, and resolve to care more. Or take on the goal to live your faith more simply as an antidote to the complexities of a church structure that can sometimes numb our fervor for Christ. Advent is also a season to acknowledge our sins and pray for redemption. It's hard for me sometimes to talk about sin because I spent so many years feeling condemned by the church for being gay. So the idea of sin has always felt like a weapon that was being used against me. But admitting our sinfulness need not lead to shame. The Greek word for sin, hamartia, simply means to miss the mark, like with archery. And it's a fact of life that we human beings just don't always get it right. We can be sorry for that, but we should also remember that we are only human. And when you pray for redemption, to come up from that river cleansed and renewed, resolve to have a change of heart from then on. The Greek word for redemption is metanoia which simply means a change of mindset. It takes a certain amount of humility to admit fault, to ask forgiveness, and to trust in God's redeeming love. May your Advent season be one of pathway-making for God. May the valley of your soul be lifted up. May any mountains of pride you have constructed or any mountains of self-loathing you have amassed be made low. May God trod down the uneven ground of your doubts and fears and create in you a level faith. And may your rough places of anger, shame, or mourning be planed down by love. 
as Isaiah said in this morning's reading, we are grass that withers, we are flowers that fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Prepare ye the way of the Lord to receive it. Amen. <clears throat>